Lord Montague bets Mr. Nelson Guest fifty pounds that the first week of the 1813 season will pass without a betrothal announcement. 19 April 1813. His bet was perfectly harmless, just a way to ease himself into the new season. After all, visiting White's was what a gentleman was expected to do whilst in town, and what was one to do while visiting White's but wager on inane and meaningless things? The wager involving Georgie, however, was neither inane nor meaningless. Cedric resituated the quill where he'd found it and then turned to Guest, slapping a hand on his back. That settles that then, at least until one of us can collect from the other. And so it does. Guest gave him a droll smile. I'll be happy to accept my winnings from you here next Monday. Cedric gave a half-hearted laugh. Oh, we shall see, my friend. We shall see. There were other things he needed to see too first, however, not the least of which was the protection of his longest friend's sister. For now, I must be off. Without wasting any more time in the banal gentlemen's club, he gathered his hat and gloves and made his escape, lest he be drawn into something else of the fruitless and senseless variety. Once out on Saint James Street, he pulled out his watch fob. Three o'clock. Perhaps a bit early for a call, but surely Lady Stalbridge would forgive him for such an abnormality. It was only the first day of the new season, after all. The ladies wouldn't have been out too late last night. Cedric turned up Piccadilly and made his way to Number Seven, Berkeley Square. Jensen led him into the drawing room without even the slightest hint of surprise at his early and unexpected arrival. I'll inform Lady Stalbridge of your arrival, my lord. And Eloise will be in with a tea service momentarily," the stodgy greying butler said. He gave a brief inclination of his head before departing. Cedric used the few moments he had alone to gather his wits about him. Lady Stalbridge and her daughters must not discover that Georgie's name was in the book at White's. The Marchioness could possibly learn of it when Georgie neglected to receive a voucher for Almax. That said. There were more than enough other reasons for the patronesses to look down their lofty noses through their ever-present lorgnettes upon the Bexley Smythe family, so Lady Stalbridge might not suspect the truth simply from that anomaly. Perhaps more pressing than keeping the ladies in the dark about Georgie's name being in the book, Cedric knew without a doubt that he would have to protect her from the bet itself. Hayworth couldn't step one single foot near the girl. Bewilderingly intelligent she may be, but common sense had never been one of Georgie's best attributes. She'd fall for the man's charms and be lost in an instant. And then there was the small matter of her brother. Whether Bridge intended to grace London with his presence before mid-May was anyone's guess. The man's ability to settle his debts upon whatever occasion he arrived, however, was not a matter of conjecture for anyone who knew him. Percy Bexley Smythe, Marquis of Stalbridge, was to be plain strapped. Everything not carefully placed in trust by the previous Marquis for Bridge's mother and sisters was gone, and Bridge had accumulated debts up to his eyeballs in the two years since he'd inherited the Marquisate, probably higher than his eyeballs. Truth be told, and he was quite a tall man. Bridges' mother and sisters had already suffered more than enough from his folly, but Cedric was damned if he knew what he could do to alter their fortunes. 
aside from trying to ease their way in society a bit.